I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library, and today we have another great guest on. So in this conversation, we're going to combine a couple of things that are very important to running a business because our guest today has some experience in the food and beverage industry, has some experience from a, a team and an HR kind of perspective as well. So there's so many different aspects we're going to talk about, and you don't want to miss today's episode, so stay tuned. So without further ado, let me bring in my guest, Norm Randall. Welcome to the show, Norm. Uh, thanks for having me, Terrell. Absolutely. Absolutely. My pleasure. Now, I've enjoyed our, our conversations when you and I have connected and we talked about, you know, your your background of multiple different areas of business that you've touched. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, your background and just kind of where Norm Randall started from a business perspective. Um, as I just turned 50, now I'm looking back a lot further than I used to, but, um, so I was fortunate to, uh, grow up in a small little town in upstate New York, had a uh, very hardworking parents, um, went to school actually to become an accountant and, uh, was, but br was brought up in the hospitality business. And when I moved to Charlotte from upstate New York, almost 27 years ago, I immediately got into hospitality. It's in my blood. I love it. And I first started working in hospitality from a restaurant standpoint. Then I got into um, a microbrewery and was in the sales part. We were launching. It was a small microbrewery years ago, a little bit ahead of its time. I also was given sweat equity from our owner, who I still to this day think the world of. Um, he took a chance on me and we built the company pretty large. Um, I had a small piece, nothing, nothing huge, but... Um, we turned it into a bottling plant. So it became quite large, but I still had this pull to do something in restaurants. And back in 04, I ended up opening up my own restaurant with a business partner. And we grew that restaurant to just over 3 million over 12 years, had almost 80 employees. And with three kids, I was starting to feel a little pull to be home a little more. And that is when I made the determination that I was going to do everything I could to sell and my heart was was not into it as much as it used to be. And I, you know, if I was to give advice to people, it's like, make sure your heart's into what you're doing. And I could feel myself kind of pulling away a little bit. And I had an incredible business partner in the restaurant. Um, we entered into an agreement. And so I was able to sell my part of that almost three and a half years ago. I also started a food and beverage management company that is still operating, but I'm very just advisory and most recently started with a company called Insperity um, almost just over two years ago. Nice, nice. Quite the rich history. I mean, it's one of those things that I've learned in talking to so many restaurant owners is like being in the restaurant business. One is you don't appreciate all that goes into it until you actually do it yourself. Uh, but there's so many aspects of like the restaurant business where like you're so close to your customers. I mean, you're having to think through supply chain. I mean, and it's all these different constraints. What was that, you know, that process like for you learning the business side of the restaurant? The business side was, what was really funny is my business partner was in restaurants and had owned other restaurants and always seemed to be in front of people. And my background with a little bit of accounting background and business ownership I was kind of sliding in as the admin guy and I would kind of be behind the scenes. And within the first few weeks, we realized 
we were both in the wrong roles. I needed to be in front of people and he needed to be behind the scenes. And so, um, you know, but, but what was great about that is we always had this yin and yang and I laugh sometimes cause he was a business partner, but it was like a marriage. Um, so number one was, you know, learning to get along and we got along great. And even to this day, we are very close. I actually just had lunch with him yesterday. Um, and he's still doing very well, but from a business standpoint, you're right. Like, I think there's a misnomer about restaurants sometimes as being, I don't know, some maybe smaller restaurants, they kind of fly by the sea or their pants or just making decisions. There's no clear cut strategy. And we were a little different maybe, or more corporate, even though we were an individual independently owned restaurant, we, we took somewhat of a corporate approach to it to make sure we were doing the right things, whether it was compliance, the right training, hiring the right people, making sure that we provided the right benefits or just being good leaders. And I'll never forget probably two or three years into the business, my father-in-law had some great advice. And he said, you know, you're not really in the restaurant business. You know that, right? And I'm like, you know, and I, my father-in-law told me a lot of stories. He was an author. So he's always giving me stories. I kind of like rolled my eyes. And I'm like, okay, well, what am I doing? He said, you're in the leadership training business is what you are. The better you can train leaders and managers to be better people, to be the best part of themselves, the more successful you will be as a restaurant owner. And I kind of blew it off. I won't lie. I kind of said, okay, it was probably a couple of years after that where it all really started to make sense was we weren't going to be successful if the people we were hiring weren't successful themselves. And if I really dove into a, you know, John Maxwell's five levels of leadership and started training our managers into that. And I actually saw a switch. It really became this like culture identifier. We, we started getting a little bit more successful and things were getting busier. And you mentioned, um, you know, chain and supply and distributors and everybody we're dealing with. And then you've got compliance and you've got food safety and liability with alcohol. So there's all moving parts. But the biggest thing that I always came away with was making sure we were hiring the right people and training them the right way to be, you know, almost like the old Boy Scouts is leave things better than you found them. It was always that case with people. So, you know, that would be one of the main things I took away from the restaurant part. And then if you got into the operations part, there's there's so much to learn in there. I could, you know, I always go back to the toothpaste effect of making sure we didn't buy everything we had and put it in front of the employees because they'd use it all in a day. But if we provided just a little bit and locked everything else up, they'd feel like they can only use a little bit. So, yeah. You know, it's always very interesting when you start, like I said, learning those things about, you know, business isn't just like I said the numbers that you see on the paper or your product but when you really start blending in that human element there are so many factors to, to think through and and something you brought up about you know with the the leadership and learning the leadership and how like I said at first you kind of blew it off I'm curious as to you know any thoughts on you know why it kind of takes us a little while to realize like hey this business does require me to grow as a leader and to really actually help grow and help my people develop because that's something that i've heard a lot of business owners say is that that aspect of it was something that took them a little while to realize like hey i need to invest more time here yeah i you know maturity was a big one and um recognizing what i could do and what i couldn't what worked and what didn't and probably um letting go of feeling I could do everything and I'm in control. And, you know, I'm, I'm a person who, who knows who's in control. It's not me. And I, 
really kind of leaned into that. And also it took a partner who was on the same level. He got it too. We kind of had like these moments where like, that's it. That's what we need to start working on. And it really was a maturity, but also was, you know, you're starting this new business, a restaurant to be, and it was, I'm not going to lie. The first two or three years were hard. I mean, they were hard, hard, hard hours. They were hard days. They were hard weeks, hard months, hard years. Um, but when you can step back and you kind of start to evaluate what's going on, it it really became, it came down to maturity and understanding the value of everybody that was working for us was the most important way we could, we could connect and diving into community is, was, was a big part. And it was really, it, it really was getting this culture. And I, and I can speak to that, like from an insperity standpoint too, it's culture by design instead of by default, we knew what we wanted, but it was really important for us to communicate with everybody that we worked with of what those mission, vision and values were. Because if we weren't communicating that, then everybody was just kind of doing their own thing. And it wasn't the culture we were happy with. And I won't lie, those first three years were, when you look back, it was like, wow, I wish we did this a little differently day one. We, but if we, maybe we would have been more successful earlier. But um, yeah, that, that a lot of reflection and a lot of maturity. Gotcha. Gotcha. Understandable. Understandable. So tell us a little bit more about you know, Insperity and, you know, what your role is there and, and, and kind of what are some of the problems that you're solving for your clients? Well, with Insperity, I, I will tell you, day one with Insperity is culture driven. Um, and I think that was probably one of the biggest parts of being able to move from being an entrepreneur and a small business owner forever was going into a place that had this culture where I felt like I was important and there was upward mobility. That was super important. But also I was going to have resources around me to teach me something I didn't really know enough about. So from an insperity standpoint, their mission is to help small businesses succeed so that the communities around there prosper. And that was always a driving force with my small business as well. Like in our mission statement from a small business was no matter what city we operate, we will dive into our community as we are the biggest part that can help them. And, mm -hmm. you know, you shift that into a large corporation like Insperity and to see that. And then just the resources of the onboarding, the training was really big. So what Insperity provides is, is an outsourced HR strategy partner with small businesses. A lot of times, as I spoke earlier, is there are so many things going on. There's so many moving parts. There is compliance, liability, HR, benefits, taxes, payroll. And our CEO, Paul Sarvati, was a small business owner back in the 80s and in 19, in, in, was successful and had failures. And through those, he learned a couple things along the way. But number one was the complexities of a small business owner and everything they had to do. But one of the major hurdles was always the HR. And so what became an idea on the back of a napkin turned to what is the industry today of what's called a professional employer organization or a PEO. And what that means is um, we work under a co-employment model. So we come in with small businesses and we partner shoulder to shoulder to make sure that we are looking out for you from a compliance, um, liability, providing resources, um, the experience, performance management tools, and making sure that from a service standpoint, we are there with you whenever there's anything that comes up in, in today's world over the last two years, if anything hasn't proven to be true, it's make sure you know what you're doing from an HR standpoint, whether it's return to work, vaccine requirements, working from home, how do we continue to train and develop people when they're not even in our same building? So Insperity has been a huge part in a, in a really big positive impact on small businesses. 
because that is what we focus on all the time. And from all levels within our within our organization, our people who are experienced and continue on a day by day basis is learning the new 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 regulations coming down to make sure we share them state by state. That's another big thing too. Is small businesses are starting to have remote remote workers all over the country. And with that, every state and every municipality has different regulations and tax burdens. And I mean, you name it. And if you're a small business owner and you don't know that there, there could be trouble down the road from something you may not have even had any idea about. But what we can do is we can sit there with you, like I said, and partner shoulder to shoulder and make sure that we are looking out for you. So the, the biggest thing, kind of wrap it up, is helping minimize risk eliminate it if we can and maximize productivity from from your hr standpoint but mainly your people you know take care of your people and so that's where insperity started back in 1986 all the way till today with the mantra of take care of your people and they will take care of your business so you know and i think that's a very good point because something that you know i've learned in, in doing like i said the 400 plus interviews that we've done so far is a lot of the companies that are that have seen growth and that have really grown to to scale and one of the things that they talked about is that you know a tough lesson for them to learn was you'll the company will only go as far as the people on the team can take it to where if you don't have the right people or if you're not developing the people that you have if you don't have a strategy for that and taking care of those people and there's going to be limitations on how much you can actually grow and where you can take the business. So as you guys talk, tend to work with, with clients, you know, what is that, that, that journey or what does that experience look like for the clients and the companies that you're working with as you're helping them? What's some of the feedback they, they've given you uh, after using your services? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, as an HR company and being a PEO, there's a lot of parts that, that make, us successful with what we do. And one of them is benefits. So benefits come up and, you know, that's, that's not the driving force behind what Insperity does. We don't make money off of benefits, but we do offer an opportunity to keep benefits at a lower cost because of our, of our buying power and the amount of employees that we have underneath um, our umbrella. So that's, that's sometimes a big, from a feedback standpoint, it's, it's nice to know that they can work within fortune 500 benefits, but still be a small company. But there's more important things to the to the strategy as well. I kind of go back to, um, you, you know, if I talk about the CEO, it's only because it's it's someone that we look up to as a company. But he's got this culture mentality. He wrote the book, Take Care of Your People. And he had these strategies. You know, number one was, you know, getting your culture right. And how do you do that? And a lot of that starts with um, communication, goal setting, um, you know, making sure you're continuing to do one on ones. Um, diversity and, and inclusion, that's a huge part. And, and how does that all fit in? Well, it all fits in because it touches the employee on every part of the life cycle of an employee. So those are super important. And, and I always make sure when I'm talking to, whether it's a prospect or clients is, yes, there are things that we're really good at. We know we can bring in some less expensive benefits. We're taking care of your workers' comp. We're making sure from a client compliance standpoint that you're doing the right things and we're minimizing risk. But the most important thing and the feedback we get the most is the way that we can kind of sit there and from the experience and from our performance management is to jump in and really strategize. Where are you and where do you want to go and let us help you get there? And you you share the information of what you want to do, but let us show you through experience, um, best practices of how we've gotten other companies there. And 
lots of times that starts with, and I said it earlier, was communication. So, you know, why is communication important? Well, you know, is your mission, vision, and value, is that communicated to the employees? Is there a breakdown somewhere? Um, do the leaders know what, how to communicate to the employees as well? And through our performance specialists, we can continue to work with leadership, middle management to make sure that we're continuing to train and develop them so that they can be better trainers and developers of their people as well. Um, and, you know, you said feedback from 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 clients or from, uh, you know, people that we partner with is I think the biggest thing is the way we do kind of help. And I don't say I don't mean to say kind of the way we do help small businesses when there's so much going on, we allow them to focus on what they do really well at, whether it's building a product or if it's a service that they have, we can kind of focus on the human element of the business itself and make sure we're maximizing the productivity of their employees. And a lot of people sometimes don't see that because they're always cutting costs to get to a certain level. And you can only cut costs so low, but to maximize productivity, there's no ceiling on how much you can get out of employees if they're bought into what you're doing, especially from a culture standpoint. Wow. I think that's an amazing point because, yeah, it's one of those things that I, as a finance person, one of the things I've had to tell a couple, you know, companies, whether it's when I was working for Fortune 500 companies or even smaller companies, like there's only so much you can cut. But what if you looked at it from the angle of how much can we grow? Like you say, your growth has an unlimited ceiling, whereas there's only so much you can cut before it starts actually depleting the value you can you can communicate and one of the areas that they they would run into like I said of is trying to really bring the best out of their team and trying to really communicate that so I, I think it's amazing all the points that you brought up and so so when if a company is interested in getting support in that area like you know how how would they get in touch with insperity in how do they get in touch with you if they like Hey, we're, we're, we're really, we need this kind of help or we can foresee that we're going to need this type of help. Yeah. I mean, for starters and disparities around the entire country. So we're in 80, we're in 80, we have 80 offices across the country. So we are national, um, you know, locally, Charlotte, I actually can work in any state in the country and we typically will partner with other advisors. I am actually considered a business performance advisor. So it's important to note that, too, because while it would be great to get clients and to build our book of business, probably the main goal is to make sure we're being the best resource and advisors to any small business owner. And I'll tell you, if I go back through when COVID started, we had a charge from leadership down that stop. If, you, if you're a seller and you're salesy, stop it. We are, number one, going to be a resource. We have resources for small businesses to help them just be a provider of the resources we have. And that was really important. And so, you know, from a connecting with me standpoint, LinkedIn is huge. I, I love when I can connect with people through LinkedIn. Um, always happy to provide my phone number. You know, Insperity has their own webpage. I actually have my own webpage under Insperity as well. But um, LinkedIn is a is a great way to, oh, there we go. Yes. Um, but yeah, and, and the one thing I like about, I will just say from a LinkedIn standpoint is gives you a little history, shows my community involvement, I still, you know, sometimes people may ask, um, you know, what do you miss most about the restaurant business? And it really was, you mentioned it earlier, you're, you're interacting with people all day long. I miss that part because it was a, a big part of what made me who I was and what I love and kind of runs through my blood is being able to work with people. Um, 
but I'm also now in a position where I think I can help people maybe a little more in that in that sense as well. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, before we wrap up, one question I always like, I love asking every guest that comes on is when you think about the history of where you've been and you think about kind of what's gone into your journey and you think about where you are now, what is two pieces of advice that you would leave with business owners? And it can be something that you reiterate something you've already said, or it can be something new. Oh, I love it. Well, I guess number one would be, don't be too proud to ask for help. I, I say that because I think my first few years as a restaurant owner, I felt I knew it all. And I, it took me a little time to recognize that I did not, I did not have all the answers. And when I started asking for help, most people are very ha happy to help you. Um, you know, and you, I'd say that, like, I, I think if I called you and said, Terrell, I really need some help. You'd probably say, Norm, what do you need? I'd help you. And I, I learned that if I could just ask and I needed to get over my pride to ask people, don't be afraid to ask for help and to outsource things that you aren't great at. You know, it's important to do that. Number two, I'd say, and I think I mentioned it earlier, um, love what you do and, you know, give it everything you got. Because if, if that starts to waver, I mean, look at sports or athletes. They tell you when they finally feel like it's enough, um, it's time to walk away. And while the restaurant business was really hard to walk away from, there was a part of me that was just, I could, I could tell my heart wasn't in it as much as it was. Um, now I have this opportunity. I love what I do now. I absolutely do. I, I, I feel like energy by being able to help. I don't have this, Hey, Norm, you better go call a hundred people today. It's not that it's like, who have you helped today is really the question I get from my, my immediate supervisor on a regular basis. Who have we helped today? Um, so those would be my two things. Make sure you're not too proud to ask for help and love what you do. Awesome. I love it. Well, Norm, thank you so much for being an amazing guest on the show. Thank you for having me, Terrell. I really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to the Business Talk Library. If you like our content, be sure to follow us on social media. And if you want to see more of our exclusive content, you can subscribe and become a member on patreon.com forward slash business talk library. Hey, the business talk library is the place where business makes sense.